Anita, that great song and a great reminder. Um, we don't realize just how much power we do need to live the Christian life. Oftentimes we look for that power from within ourselves, and uh, you'll never find it, amen? It's, uh, it's all in what we do with Christ. Um, it's all uh, depending upon Him. You know, we can make decisions without the influence of the Lord, um, and some of those we may get right, but uh, if you've lived any time at all, you probably realize that maybe even most of the time we don't, amen? And uh, so uh, praise the Lord for, uh, you know, we can depend upon God to direct us. I believe that, don't you? Um, we don't have to, some would have you to believe that certainly God puts us through storms in life, but a lot of the things we go through are just simply from making unbiblical decisions. That's never God's will. Never God's will for you to make an unbiblical decision um, now, he'll still take that and use it because he loves you, uh, but it's just better to do what God says. Amen, amen. All right, Psalm number 51, Psalm number 51. Go ahead one last time. Just got one verse of Scripture. We're going to read the same verse we read last Sunday, and I promise we're going to preach through this psalm, but uh, there's just so much in this first verse, and uh, we've been uh, uh, doing uh, a series uh, on... Uh, uh, the you know uh, let's see how did I put it up here what's uh, what's our our uh, uh, finding our way back to God series is what it is I couldn't remember what, <laughs> I can't even remember what the title was but uh, we've been doing a series of messages on finding our way back to God and tonight today we're uh, looking at mercy in other words and mercy is why you can come to God and so we're going to define a few things but notice there in verse one notice what David says well I'll give you again once again the backdrop to this psalm. Uh, but uh, David says, Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness. Now notice, mercy upon me, O God. According to thy loving kindness, according to the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Now, we need to understand here that this is a person, a man of God, that uh, is not seeking salvation. This is a man of God that is seeking to restore his fellowship uh, with Jesus Christ. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the blessings of life. We thank you for your love, your mercy, your grace. And Father, I hope and pray, and dear God, that you would just continue to speak to our hearts this morning. And uh, Father, again, I just want to pray for Brother Ward, and, and uh, uh, he's having a hard time this morning. So just want to lift him up again to you. And uh, Lord, but I do pray that we'll be able to uh, kind of put the cares of this world off to the side for just a little while. Father, we might be able to focus in on this passage, and Father, just help me to focus as well, and, and uh, Lord, to, to say the things that you'd have me to say, and uh, Father, we just pray that uh, you'll be uplifted and glorified by it all, and Father, when the invitation is given, that uh, if there's anyone here that needs to be saved, that they'll come, and uh, Father, if there's uh, those here that are, are saved, but maybe have drifted from the Lord a bit, or maybe just struggling in some area of life, uh, Lord, that none of us will leave here today with any unfinished business with you. And so, Father, help us uh, prepare our hearts for the invitation. And we'll thank you for it. In Jesus Christ's name we do pray. Amen and amen. All right, so mercy is why you can come to God. And, um, you know, we live in this world that, that true, the true definition of mercy, I think, is really hard to find and accept. We might be able to give a biblical uh, definition of it, possibly, 
but uh, I don't think that we really, as human beings, really understand what mercy is because a lot of times we approach mercy as something that's deserved. And that would take the definition of mercy right out. In other words, mercy is, is, is not getting what you deserve. In other words, you didn't earn anything uh, uh, for this mercy that I'm giving. In other words, uh, in effect, you are guilty for what you've done. You deserve punishment, but by mercy, you're not going to get that punishment. Now, uh, a lot of us, we may be able to exercise that in certain ways, but I think most of us, uh, our human nature, we're just not geared that way automatically. Uh, And a lot of it just has to do with what I would just say, maybe we realize it or not, but but sometimes we do have a higher opinion of ourselves in in matters of morals and those types of things. Uh, um, So much so, as we talked about in Sunday school this morning, that man, many men think that they've, really outgrown God in other words they've outgrown what the Bible teaches and now the Bible doesn't know what's moral not moral here's what's moral here here's what is not moral and of course now we've got uh, you know things that are bad are called good and the good called bad but the problem with that is is it all stems from man thinking that he's capable in determining morality that man is capable in and of himself to to determine what is justice and and depend upon himself as to what is fairness or what is fair. And when you look at all that, this thing called mercy, a lot of times it just doesn't fit in well with our reasoning and and thinking about these types of things. Um, uh, So when we speak about this unconditional mercy of God, while some people just think, well, I just don't know about that preacher. And that's our way, again, that's the way our thinking, when we kind of think too highly of ourselves, in other words, our reason and, and uh, you know, our way of thinking, those types of things. And, and uh, certainly the Bible tells us that's what's going on even in the world today. But let's consider the sin of David. What, what if, and we've gone over this several times, we're not going to get into all that again today, but I hope most of us realize what we're talking about, the terrible sin of David. And, but what about if David had done these things in, in today's world? Uh, you know, he was supposed to be uh, and was the leader uh, uh, of his nation. And certainly those that are in authority, they ought to set a good standard, amen? In other words, they ought to set some type of good moral standard. I, I agree with that. I, I'm with that. Now, we need to be careful about tying uh, leadership roles today and, you know, making connections with that time in David's, uh, or the time of David's life. Uh, certainly, we could get in some trouble there. But, but again, if we were looking at it from today... Uh, I, I would suppose that we would all agree that, you know, David abused his position. You know, in other words, he, he tried to cover it up, uh, his terrible sin that he committed, uh, even to the degree of having an innocent man murdered. I mean, that's about as bad as you can get, isn't it? And he was the leader of a nation. And not only did that bring shame and reproach uh, on the nation of Israel, and uh, even from their enemies in many ways, it was also a, a terrible blow to David in his personal life as well. And, and, but today we would respond, would, would we respond to all this with mercy? Maybe some of us would, maybe some of us wouldn't. You know, I mean, I, I kind of look at it as he did what? Off with his head, you know. Impeach him. Kick him out. Away. Away with him. And I probably would feel that way myself. So, you know, that's what I mean by this thing of mercy. 
we don't always really understand exactly the extent of what mercy is. But yet God, we know he's not that way. We know he is a God of mercy, as indicated in our verse of Scripture and elsewhere throughout the Bible. Now, again, I don't want you to ever misunderstand this. I've, I've mentioned this probably every time we've preached out of this series, but I always want you to understand that uh, David indeed paid a high price for his sin. As I mentioned a while ago, it wrecked his family. We preached a whole message on that. It brought uh, immorality to his family, the sword. Uh, he lost three sons to the grave. But I want you to understand that God's mercy isn't about lessening the awfulness of sin. Sin is certainly a stench in the nose of God. It's not what this is about. But what's amazing about mercy is when we think about all of that, this is why mercy is so amazing to me, His mercy despite our sin, despite the awful things that man can do, that His mercy will still allow us to approach Him. Amen. I tell you what, that is absolutely amazing to me. And I hope I never get over it, and I hope you never get over it as well if you're saved this morning. You know, toward the end of the message last Sunday, we saw there as we looked at verse 1, the multitude of His, that is, Thy, the multitude of Thy mercies, that is, God's mercy. And praise the Lord as we ended that message that He has more mercy than we do sin. Amen. That is shouting ground right there, for me anyway. So this morning, I'd like to focus in on God's mercy and its connection to our being able to approach Him while we are yet sinners. And application could certainly be made if you're here this morning, you're lost, not sure that you're saved. And certainly application could be made for that believer, maybe that has just kind of cooled off in their Christian walk. You've lost your zip, you've lost your fire, you need revival, you're kind of humdrum. Or maybe you're here this morning, you know you got some things in your life that you know ought not be there. They might not be like David's, but you know that they're, you know it's something that isn't right, as we learned this morning in Sunday school about just a little leaven, leavens the whole lump. You know, whatever the case may be, I believe that this message on the mercy of God could certainly be a, a, a turning point uh, in your life. And so let's investigate this, this mercy. Mercy is why you can come to God. So number one, God's mercy, first of all, is not deserving. You know, let us consider the position that David had in life. As I mentioned, the king of Israel had a lot of privileges, even had rights as a king. That's why he was able to get away judicially, away with some of the things that he did, because he was king. He was absolute ruler. And as king, he could basically be the judge, jury, prosecutor, and in that case, even the executioner. And that was just the way that it was. I'm not saying that was right or wrong. But that's just the way that it was. But with, it, but with him having all that power, no doubt the people looked to their king. If somebody's going to wield that kind of power, then certainly they would look to their king for fairness and protection. You know, if somebody could make that decision, they would want that individual to be right not only with God, but to be right with other people. By the way, when you're right with God, you are right with people. But as a king, he could, he could basically be and do what he wanted to do, but the people in return, they would look to him to do the right thing. But, Jesus, but David betrayed that trust. 
He even used it. That power that he had to try to cover up his own evil purposes. And God certainly revealed that in a most humiliating way. So humanly speaking, David certainly had crossed the line. I mean, that's bad. He had no right, humanly speaking. He had no right to ask God for anything. But this backslidden child of God, he knew something that a lot of us may not understand this morning. He knew something a lot of us may not even know this morning about the mercy of God. So we have to set aside our our attitude toward David in this matter and really just see ourselves. And we may say, well, David did not deserve that. But I want to tell you something. We don't deserve God's mercy either. You know. I mean, hey, look, let's all be honest. We can always look to somebody else and say, I'm not as bad as them. (laughs) Right? I might have done wrong, but I didn't do that. Like that wipes it out. Hey, listen, we just need to focus on ourselves sometimes, amen? We don't receive God's mercy because we deserve it either. None of us do. We receive God's mercy simply because he loves us. And I thank the Lord for that. You know, David, I mean, let's talk about the the good and the bad. Let's remember this David David, you know, David, you know, in our last, our other uh, messages, Lord, I've sinned, I've done wrong. But David didn't come to say, say, Lord, yeah, Lord, I messed up, but look what I've done for you, though, Lord. I made this mistake, Lord, but, but, but listen, I'm the one who by faith in your power slew the, the lion and the bear. It was I, uh, by the faith of God, that walked down into that valley and killed that giant who defied you. David didn't say all that. He, David, David didn't say, God, I know I messed up, but remember, I'm a man after your own heart. David didn't say all that. He didn't look back and say, well, yeah, I messed up, but I've done this right, and I've done this right, and I've done this right. I've been faithful in this area. He didn't say none of that. No, sir. David did not come to God because he deserved mercy. But he did trust in the mercy of God. That's amazing to me. Let me just say this, and you should write this down. Deserving is not the way back to God. Deserving is not the way back to God. What is the way back to God? God. God is the way back to God. Deserving is not the way back to God. God is the way back to God. It's so important to understand that. We looked at that in 2 Samuel chapter 12 where you can read about the backstory to all this. Maybe later on today you can do that. Not right now. I'm preaching. But maybe sometime you can go back and read that. And again, when David was confronted with his sin, he just simply said, I have sinned against the Lord. He didn't have any excuses. And David's sin really, uh, as we talked about, it, it you know, his sin really, really began. In other words, we saw the fruit of his sin when he did what he did. But David's sin is the same sin that you and I struggle with today and why we do the things we do and maybe not do the things we ought to do. Our sin is we get away from the Lord. And when you get away from the Lord, there's all types of things that we could fall into and, and do wrong. 
And their sins of omission, their sins of commission as well. But David's sin was getting away from the Lord. And David's only hope, he knew that, if, if, if his sin was getting away from the Lord, listen carefully, David's only hope was getting back to the Lord. Amen. That's what he understood. Did he deserve it? Absolutely not. But deserving has nothing to do with God's mercy. And every one of us that's saved this morning, I ought to thank God for that. Amen. You didn't deserve to be saved. What does it say about salvation in Romans chapter 5, verse 8? But God commended his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, <laughs> while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. While we were yet in our sin, while we were yet guilty, Jesus Christ died for our sin. That's mercy. You did not deserve to be saved. What did you deserve? You deserved to be separated from God forever in a place called hell. That's what you deserved. You might not have did what David did, but we've all come short of the glory of God. There is none righteous, no, not one. We've all gone astray. And if not for God's mercy, if not for God, we could never find our way back to God. Praise the Lord that he died for sinners. So when I think about that, you say, well, I, I'm saved, preacher. Well, knowing that ought to, ought to help you because if, you're, if you've drifted away from the Lord, if you're a backslidden child of God this morning, if Christ died for those yet sinning, he's certainly going to have mercy on one of his own. Hallelujah. And David realized this, and, and that's when he said, God, I have sinned against you. He didn't say, so, okay, Lord, I've, I've sinned against you, so, Lord, if you'll just give me some time to make it up to you, I'll get super spiritual, uh, I'll start doing some things around the church, uh, I'll start reading my Bible more, uh, I'll start praying more, uh, Lord, I want to do something deserving of your mercy. But David didn't say all that. He just simply said, I've sinned against you, God, and my only hope is that you have mercy on me. Amen. That was it. That was it. We, that's the only way we can approach God. And certainly David uh, isn't the only one who didn't deserve God's mercy. Again, if, if you're, 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 you're saved today, understand, as I mentioned already, we, we didn't deserve it. None of us deserve to be saved. You know, and, and again, even some of us that are saved, you know, I, I wrestle with these things sometimes. You know, boy, I still don't see how someone in David's position who had so much power, why God would bestow any mercy on him. But we, again, we ought not ask that. We ought not ask how God could give someone like David mercy. Really, what we ought to say, because we only know our own heart, really what we ought to be saying is, how could God forgive someone like me? I'm the worst Christian I know. I'm the worst person I know because I don't know everybody's heart, but I know my own. And I know compared to the righteousness and glory of God, I would be in big trouble if not for the mercy of God. Amen. And although I don't know it, but I believe that we all probably could say the same thing. Because without the mercy of God, nobody's ever lived a good enough life on their own without the mercy of God. To live a good life without the mercy of God is a good thing, but in the end you'll still die and spend eternity in hell forever. Amen. We have to have the mercy of God. 
we also have to have the mercy of God to renew that fellowship with him too when we get away from him. So if you've gotten away from God, we don't want to try to earn his mercy because that can't, get, that, that can't be done. God's mercy is not deserving. Uh, God is the way back to God. The mercy is ready to be applied. Number two, God's mercy is our only option to approaching God. We go back to our text again where it says, Have mercy uh, upon me, O God. How? According to thy loving kindness, according to the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. That's an amazing thought there. Have mercy according to what? To my acceptability? To my works? No. Nope. It has nothing to do with me. It's totally dependent upon the mercy, the loving kindness, even the tender mercies, the multitude of tender mercies of God. So, listen, if, if you strayed from God... You need to quit trying, do, trying to do things to make up for that because it's futile. It, it'll never work if that's the only thing you're trying to do because you'll get to the point where you feel like, well, I've done more good than bad, so now I can get away from God for a little while longer. I mean, that's what people do. They get out of church, so they come three or four Sundays in a row, and then they get back out for two or three Sundays in a row, and they go, well, I better go back. I ain't been in a while. So they, you see what I'm saying? Listen, God's way bigger than that. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> you know, when we talk about deserve, he certainly deserves more than that. But again, that's, that's forgetting about the mercy of God. Somebody that really understands the mercy of God won't handle God that way. So if you've strayed from him, quit trying to do things to make up for it. Again, that's futile. That, that won't work. The only option you have is God's mercy. And when you really understand God's mercy, it changes your life. So don't listen to the devil on this. He'll, he'll try to deceive you. And uh, you know, one of the biggest things he likes to do is to remind you of your failures. You know, you, you, know, he like, you, know, you know you've done wrong, and he likes to remind you you've done wrong. And, boy, he'll, he'll put, you know, uh, you, know you, you don't want to go back down there. You know, preacher's going to look down on you. People ain't going to speak to you. You know, they're all judging you down there. Hey, listen, just, just give up. Just don't worry about all that. Amen. That's how the devil likes to operate. Remind you of your failures. Oh, God's mercy, it's, it's, it's not going to help you. you you're not going to overcome this. Hey, listen, you're going to have to work for it. You're going to have to prove yourself here a little bit. You're going to have to do some things. And that's what God, that's what the devil would have you to do. And certainly that's not true. What I'm trying to get you to understand, believer, if you strayed away from God, do not doubt not only the forgiveness of God, but do not doubt the mercy of God because it's really it's your only option, it's your only hope. It's the mercy of God. And for that, we should be greatly thankful. Here's something else to think about, the, the mercy of God that a lot of people forget. Maybe, maybe you're on the other end of this thing. Maybe you're serving God faithfully. Maybe you're living in the light. Maybe you're faithful to all the services and special meetings and get-togethers. You're active in church. You never miss a service. You're, you're, you're going to be at revival. You're gonna, hey, listen, you're going to be faithful in all these areas. You read your Bible every morning. You pray regularly. Uh, God has, and He is. He's blessing your home. He's blessing your family. He's blessing your life. Listen, you've got a song in your heart, and you want to tell others about Jesus. And I say, amen, praise the Lord. I wish we were all like that, amen. But if we're not careful that wonderful place to be if we're not careful if we forget about the mercy of God then we'll forget why we're experiencing those things in other words well 
if I'm experiencing all those wonderful things, it, it must be because I'm faithful, because I'm separated, and I make biblical decisions. And, hey, amen, praise God. We, we should always do that. Certainly that's going to be uh, some rewards for you, and God is going to bless your life. But at the end of the day, is that really the reason God is blessing us? Because I'm doing things right. We ought to do things right. But my point is, and what I believe God would have us to understand, you know, sometimes I, I say from time to time in different ways, the higher we see God, the higher we see Him lifted up, the higher we will want to live for Him. And I believe that. And I realize there are some uh, I'm just thinking about people that I admire and look up to that I believe are very godly men and women. There are, there are some that, that, in my estimation, they are living a bit closer to the Lord. They are doing a little bit more for the cause of Christ. They are blessed. Uh, their family is blessed. They have a spirit-filled home. But I also know the book of Isaiah 64, 6 tells us that our righteousness, the good things we do, is like filthy rags. How do you balance all that out? So my point is, if you're a blessed and gifted believer, and God is blessing your life right now, amen, don't, don't hang your head. I'm not at, you don't have to feel guilty about that. But I just want to remind you, you are, experience, you are not experiencing those things because you deserve them. You're not experiencing those things because you're a super-duper sold-out Christian. You have what you have. You're enjoying what you're enjoying. You're blessed with your, what you are blessed with because of the continuing mercy of God on your life. And if you ever forget that, it, those things will go away. It's God's mercy. Amen. So not only is God's mercy your only option to approach God, it's our only way to stay with God as well because of His mercy. So God's mercy is our only option to approach God. Number three, and I'll be done. And all of God's people said, <laughs> God's mercy is our motivation for the Christian life. I have it marked in my Bible. You don't have to turn there. But there's a passage in the book of Lamentations that tells us Jeremiah the weeping prophet, he says this. He says, This I recall to my mind, therefore I have hope. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because His compassions fail not. He goes on to say in verse 23, They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. And we think of that great hymn. So praise the Lord. It's, it's not my faithfulness that sustains me. My faithfulness is a, is a result of appreciating God's mercy. But it's not my faithfulness that sustains me. It is God's multitude of mercies, as Jeremiah puts it, that are new each and every morning. Amen. So let us all say we do what we do because of God's mercy. Not to obtain God's mercy or to keep God's mercy we need to be a faithful Christian because of God's mercy. And all God's people say it on that one. Amen. Let us always see God for what He is. He's our Savior. See Him as your Savior, as I said a while ago, high and lifted up. See Him as Stephen did at the right hand of God. And the higher you see Him, the more you'll appreciate His mercy. And the higher you'll live. I believe that. 
We don't have to turn there today for time's sake, but Romans chapter 12, uh, uh, the beginning of the first two verses of that chapter, uh, teaches that we are to present our body a living sacrifice, in other words, being holy, acceptable to God, not being conformed to this world, being transformed by the renewing of your mind. You say, how can I do that? How can I beat that old flesh? How can I, can I do those things? Well, he answers that question in the very first part of the verse. By the mercies of God, you present your body as a living sacrifice. Amen. By God's mercy, you can be, you can be acceptable to God. By God's mercy, you don't have to be confirmed to this, conformed to this world. By God's mercy, you can be transformed by the renewing of your mind. It's all because of God's mercy. We ought to shout hallelujah. Someone has said that Jesus took every terrible thing on himself so that we might receive all the wonderful things of God. Wow, isn't that amazing? You know, Jesus, who deserves every wonderful thing, took every terrible thing so that you and I can have wonderful things. Mercy. Maybe that does something for you today. Maybe it doesn't. I hope that it does. If you're not being faithful to him, that, that in itself ought to motivate you to say, Lord, I, I love your mercy. I want to take advantage of this gift that you've given me, your mercy. This should be the reason we do all we do for God because of his never-ending mercy. And every good thing in your life that comes about, and I hope you have a testimony where you can say, how and many of you have, you've shared those things with me, how God has blessed your life in certain areas and miracles and things that look like there was no hope and God blessed at the last minute. Listen, all those things, you should always thank God for his mercy on your life. You didn't deserve them. I don't deserve them. I don't deserve any good thing that I have. The mercy of God is the only way I or, or anybody else this morning can, can, can even approach God. Maybe, you're, maybe things are good with you and God. Maybe you're, you're faithful. You're, you're, hey, you, you're doing things great. Amen, that's, that, that's great. But that's not why you approach God. You can only approach God because of his mercy. And sinner, lost person, I want you to understand, you too can approach God through faith in the grace of God. You can call upon that mercy and be saved forever from your sin. Believer, if you've backslidden from God, you're not doing things that you ought to be doing, hey, listen, quit trying to figure out how to make up for that and just call upon the mercy of God. Because I guarantee he's waiting for you. He's ready. He's ready. So listen, the mercy of God is the only way that you or I anyone else can approach him. God's mercy is not deserving. It's really our only option if we want to be right with God is through mercy, whether it's salvation or fellowship. But that mercy ought to be our motivation as to why we do what we do and don't do the things we ought to do. When we forget his mercy, we'll start living like the rest of the world. We don't want to do that, amen? So we need, to, we need to understand the things about God's mercy this morning. I'm going to ask you, if you will, to stand with your heads bowed and your eyes closed as our pianist comes. And if God is speaking to your heart this morning in any way, if you need to be saved, you come and get my attention. We'll take somebody to take the word of God, show you how to be saved. You just need somebody to pray with you. You come and get my attention, we'll get somebody. Hey, listen, just because you come to the altar doesn't mean there's anything wrong in your life. Maybe you've got a lost loved one. Maybe you've got somebody that's strayed from the Lord. Maybe you got somebody on your heart and mind that, that uh, you're reminded of as I was preaching there. 
that needs to understand the mercy of God. Come and pray for them. But God's people, every time we're given the opportunity to express what God is doing in our heart, I believe we ought to, we ought to take advantage of that. Oftentimes in the Word of God, when God got a hold, matter of fact, I can't think of any time in the Bible when I read that when God got a hold of somebody's heart, they just stood still. Their posture changed. Their countenance changed. Let God stir our hearts this morning. Won't you come to this altar and do business with the Lord?